0: Hello and welcome to the Cloverfield Show. It's the show where we talk about what's going on in the field of clovers behind my house. I'm your host, Cloverfield, and I'm joined as always by my two good friends,
1: Cloverfield and Cloverfield. We got a three-leaf clover, a three-leaf clover, a three-leaf clover, Another three-leaf clover? I saw a two-leaf clover the other day. Wow. Wow. But I still can't find the elusive four-leaf clover. I thought I found a four-leaf clover, but it was just a piece of grass.
2: Hey, guys, it's me, Cloverfield. Look at what I found in the backyard. It's a four leaf clover.
0: Wow.
2: wow. Now I know I've burned you guys before by taping two leaf clovers and making them a four leaf clover, but this time it's the legit it's deal. It's the real thing. Real situation.
0: Wow. In other clover field news, I threw up in the shower this morning. <laughs>
1: wow
0: you must wow. have picked a one leaf clover you <laughs> must have had bad luck. oh man no it was because of all of the beer i drank last night oh we yes we
2: we had a wild night all of our clover grovers
0: the clover gro- <laughs> um welcome to pod people i guess <laughs> Y'all, y'all already know what the fuck this is, um, and in case you hadn't guessed it already, this is our Cloverfield Spectacular, That's the show great. that you've all been waiting for for like the last three months. We talk
1: about two leaf clovers, three
2: leaf clovers, <laughs> and four leaf clovers, which I believe is now titled Overlord. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <The> right, yeah. <laughs>
2: But before we get into that, we got some other news, I believe, that we want to get into. Nothing too Clover-related. We know that there is a fourth one in the mix sometime this year. We'll be set in World War II. I'm excited. I'm hoping that we get aliens
0: in um, in fighter planes? I'm going, <laughs> to get it's, it. it's gonna be Nazi zombies. I'm going ahead and calling it right now.
2: Shit, yeah, the it's, Nazis are experimenting. It's gonna be Nazi
0: zombies. Man, that's
1: gonna... Be- Nazi uh, zombies uh, versus aliens? Well, I maybe. Could, I can dig that, honestly. It's
0: like, uh, it's like Dead Snow meets Iron Sky. Hey, I can fuck
2: with that. Whoever wrote that spec script, thank God he got picked up by <laughs> Bad Robot. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, it's this movie is called Overlord, but you know that they're gonna have to throw Cloverfield into the title. Cloverlord, somehow. Cloverlord. Cloverlord, like Operation Cloverfield. It's just gonna, or it's just gonna be like a uh, big bad Nazi guy. I am the Cloverlord. I have all of the Clovers.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Attack mine monsters. <laughs>
1: wearing a green (laughs) suit we gotta defeat these Nazi crabs I got Betsy waiting at home I'm gonna protect her um but yeah Oscars are coming up we got some best picture nominees I could Uh, not
0: be more ambivalent about the well I mean get
1: out get out I mean yes 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 that is... is cool I mean you don't really see horror movies Get nominated. they
0: often. they're also considering The Shape of Water a horror movie, which it's not that really. It's not really like I guess it has a- elements of horror. But if you're like the Academy and considering The Shape of Water a horror movie, and that means that there is a horror nomination in all of the major categories in the Academy Awards wow, this year. That's
1: cool. Which
0: which is is but, cool and it's never happened before but... but to a lot
2: of other people I feel we don't and I mean it's, it's all the it's horror.
0: all the same two movies it's Get Out and The Shape of Water yeah. okay. well
2: Would hey you're... I haven't seen Shape of Water but Get Out good movie yeah good yeah movie. yeah very funny very uh, tense it's gonna
1: too. it's gonna get snubbed though yeah Shape of Water uh, also got nominated for Best Picture I should mm-hmm. mention oh, yeah uh, yeah yeah big deal Um, big deal um, other Best Picture nominees, let's see, we have, uh, Call Me By Your Name. Haven't seen it. I Me just neither. watched a couple days ago. I was not a fan. It It's just like a bougie, uh, rich 17-year-old kid who, uh, mopes around for the whole movie until he, uh, gets an army hammer, if you know what I mean. Oof. Yeah, i I've only seen the previews.
0: I've only <laughs> so, seen the previews for this, and everybody's like raving about it. But the first time I saw the previews, I'm
1: just like, Wait, so Army Hammer's just a pedophile? Yeah, it, the the relationship is kind of predatory, and if that's what it, that's the impression we got from the trailer. It's super weird how hyped everyone is on it because, like, it felt just so flat and boring, like. It's that thing where everybody
0: gets super wet in the pants for any independent film by a foreign director that has recognizable American actors in it.
1: Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like Everyone's hyped about how realistic the feeling of falling into love feels in the movie, and I didn't get that at all. It just feels like just a mopey kid who kind of gets preyed on by an adult. But there's no there's no strife in the movie. The the kid doesn't fucking struggle at all because he's rich as hell.
0: Is it one of those things where you have a really hard time feeling bad for them because their mopiness comes from how bored they are with their life of luxury. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I have exactly. no I have no sympathy for for people like that. Exactly. Yeah, take up a hobby, go Oh crochet. no, I'm sad because I'm rich and I have whatever I want and I wish I was poor. <laughs> Like I no, I have no sympathy for any of that bullshit. But let's not dwell on this one. Well, too no, long. I, I, I searched
2: it up. The guy is only 24 in the movie. It says so. I wait. Who Army uh, Hammer? Army Hammer. I, so, I don't believe that. Well, well, of, of course not Army Hammer himself. But he's supposed a character to be he plays, right? So yeah. I don't think that's. That's an awful um, age difference. Certainly, compared to him being in his thirties, he yeah, seems so.
1: older. In the right, movie, but yeah.
2: twenty-four. I mean, that's that's not so bad. But again, if it's not if the characters aren't compelling, that's really yeah. its its biggest weakness. Um,
1: I saw that they're making a sequel to this movie, what? which is super weird to me. Call me by my name.
2: That's no, a call calling. Me, me call or, you by my name. Stop calling me that. <laughs> call me
1: back, yo. Oh yeah, call <laughs> me back, <thing. laughs> Uh, So there's Darkest Hour. Didn't um, see it. uh, Which Which I actually liked even less than Call Me By Your Name. It's all about uh, (laughs) Churchill, Winston Churchill. Gary Oldman puts on a a latex mask and 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 does his Norbit thing. But it's serious because he's playing a British imperialist, colonialist. I don't plan on seeing this movie because from the
0: first preview I saw, I just said, Oscar bait. It was the most
1: insufferable movie I've seen last year. Wow. wow. More insufferable than Friend Request? Well, okay. It isn't as outrightly bad, you know, like Snowman, Friend Request, Amityville, but it's more insufferable in my opinion because it's more boring. And it takes itself super seriously. Yeah, and it takes yeah. itself super seriously. Why does it's everybody it's much less
0: fun to be had? Why does everybody with? have such a hard on for Churchill? He was kind of a terrible person.
1: Because neoliberalism. Okay. Dog, gotcha. Yeah. Well, um, moving on. So Dunkirk, uh I well, also just, saw that. I really enjoyed Dunkirk. I thought it was pretty good. I I, I know a lot, a lot of people of good a lot of
2: people complain cuz they felt That there wasn't a lot of character development And things like that But a point of the film is that It's uh, more so a coverage of the event as a whole Rather than one person's specific uh, encounter Or uh, just tale experience through all that We can just accept it for what it is The the one problem
1: I had with Dunkirk I I dug it too, don't get me wrong But the one problem I had with it Is I felt like it pulled punches To get a PG-13 rating like, there, oh, was, there yeah, was no but blood I think in the that's movie, just... and that's so weird in a war a. Christopher war Nolan, movie. I think,
2: is is still able to make things compelling enough without blood. It it doesn't seem to be necessary
0: for, yeah.
1: for him anyway. Um, I'll get around okay. to it. So we had Get Out. Uh, Which we've, is we've fan, talked about fan-fucking-tastic, and length. I'm
0: so happy that it's getting the recognition that yeah, it deserves. Yeah, it's, it's great.
1: I'm really glad to see it. I read earlier today that... Uh, oh. Jordan Peele's think about doing a Get Out sequel?
0: Which yeah. doesn't really surprise me, but kind of makes me nervous for the same reasons that we talked about last time with the Don't Breathe sequel. I just I really liked the way that movie wrapped up, and I don't know if it needs an additional story or a right. sequel or anything. You should so. just go
2: off and make another horror movie with something else. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I everyone agree. will be I excited agree.
0: for it because Get Out was so yeah. fresh. You could even say and. And I know uh, I know, I know that like he's dude his team. I know that dude has other ideas too. Yeah. Like there's like he could he could do something else really great. I he's think he should focus on can't something new.
1: Think of any way they would do a Get Out sequel without undercutting the original. I kind of agree. Um but besides Get Out we have Ladybird. Um, I didn't see. I saw it. I just um, saw it a couple days ago as well. I th- I liked it. Yeah. Well, it one thing
2: good. it's it's gotten insane reviews. It's like the highest rated movie on <coughs> Rotten Tomatoes. The film itself is it's just like a it's a it's a mumblecore movie. It's just about
1: basically yeah. It's it's, it's, a, a, it's a very
2: low key. It's all about Greta Gerwig's experience going to like Christian school
0: or something. That's I don't the thing think it's about Catholic a lot yet. of
1: movies. Is she year? actually
0: in it? No. Greta Gerwig, I know she directed and yeah. Saoirse si Ronan is the lead, yes. right? Yes, yes. Well, she she is
2: very good. We will talk about Lady yeah. Bird some other time. And yeah, <laughs> on
1: our, on our yeah, horror podcast. Yeah, it, it is, seems yeah, really yeah. like uh, We've got Phantom Thread. I still, still need to seen. see yeah. Paul Thomas Anderson. I really want to catch this movie in the theater before it Disappears and apparently Daniel Day good. Lewis's last movie, allegedly, <laughs> as he says, every movie he makes. after every single movie he makes. Um, and the post. Uh, Haven't seen it. So Spielberg did Spotlight. Oh, and, that's right. uh, Yeah. So he didn't actually direct Spotlight, but right. this is this no, this is no, his, uh, his Spotlight from it the Wire, his yeah. news lady movie. Yeah. Um, total Oscar bait. It looks. Oh like. yes. Um. Haven't seen it, can't really say much. Uh, Shape of Water, still haven't seen myself. Very good. um, I don't think it will win
0: much of anything, but it's a good movie.
1: Definitely worth seeing. Um, And then Three Billboards out of Ebbing, Missouri, which I just saw recently. Which Um, I think
2: might be, uh, well, certainly Get Out and that movie, I'd say, are my favorites out of uh, everything I have seen. I I really enjoyed this
1: movie. I I would probably agree with you. I think Three Billboards is probably second best to get out of the bunch of the ones I've seen. Three
2: Billboards it's another one of those where the story doesn't escalate the way you'd imagine. Yeah. I think that's that's what I'm trying to say.
1: Are you guys bummed about any snubs? I I would have really liked to see Good Time get nominated for anything. I thought Robin that's Robert so, Robert not Pattinson a, so not so not Oscar movie though. I did really enjoy
0: you know, Good Time. Yeah. I, I liked it a lot too, but it's it's not an Oscar movie. I don't. I oh, there's don't no think reason that's the why kind of it could have gotten man, a nomination I mean, at, at least soundtrack at some or point, like Yeah, that, yeah the, if anything, the the One O Tricks point never score. If anything,
1: hopefully soon enough, we'll keep getting younger people in the. The yeah voting.
0: once all these old fucks in the academy start dying yeah. I'm honestly surprised to not see the killing of a sacred deer Yeah uh, nominated. I nominated I kind of expected to see it and would have liked to see it up there Didn't the lobster get a nomination Oh, uh, just uh, Colin Farrell Colin Farrell yeah Which I always... don't think I don't think the killing of a sacred deer got a nomination in any category I don't think so Um, I I think I would have liked to see uh, Blade Runner 2049 in the Best Picture nominations. I know it's nominated for cinematography, uh, as
1: it should be. Man, it's so weird, too, because, um, you know, they they do this thing nowadays with Oscar Best Picture nominees where they'll pick anywhere between 5 and 10. And usually they just do 10 because, you know, might right. as well. They have 9 this year. They could have easily had Blade Runner yeah. or Good Time as that 10th spot. Just you know, Or Killing of a Sacred Deer. Or Gear. Killing of a Sacred Deer, even. You know, it's like, obviously, you're not going to win, but you might as well give you the the uh recognition right you know?
0: well out of these uh these nominations that we've uh talked about briefly here why don't we each give what we would like to win and what we expect will win because at least for me the two are always very different oh yes yeah. i almost never agree with the with the decision yeah
1: well i want get out to win i think that's pretty obvious uh it's a great movie but i think three billboards will probably win it especially with uh the kind of themes around uh sexual assault right like in in lieu of hollywood recent events i think that's kind of a shoe in
2: i think i'd agree with you on both of those ends i'd love get out to win but i think it's going to be three
0: billboards as well well out of all of these nominations i've only seen get out in the shape of water so mine is kind of a wild guess i obviously want get out to win um aside from it just being the the best movie of 2017 in my opinion also i just think it would be great for a horror film to win best picture it won't i think it's a pretty dead split for me it's either gonna
1: be uh the post the post is not gonna win I, i'll Promise you that you think so? I don't think so.
0: I think it's just the kind of movie that the Academy loves, and and Meryl Streep's in it.
1: Yeah, and it's
0: it's about it's about journalistic integrity, which is just safe enough of a liberal position for the Oscars to get behind, but not radical enough, like sexual assault. That they'll be alienating uh, people in their groups of friends. Yeah. So I, uh, I haven't seen it. I'm just taking a wild guess. You think um, it'll either be the post or what? Or darkest hour? Oh. Uh, for God. basically oh. the for basically the same reason because everybody's got a hard on for Churchill and Gary Oldman put on a fat suit.
1: Honestly, it's been a little while since they picked a an Oscar bait movie as best picture. I think. I think the last one was probably King's Speech, unless I'm missing one. Did that I win Best know. Picture? It did yeah? yeah. Did you count really? Spotlight as an Oscar bait movie? Oh yeah, uh, no, ye- that was such a surprise yes. when I can't
2: because it was like the safest movie that year. Because well, that see, was that's the same it, year as like Birdman.
1: That's why I sure, think right? the I, that's why that, I think
0: the post will uh, win. Uh,
1: I think Birdman was the year of The the
0: Revenant. Spotlight was the year with The Revenant. Yeah. With The Revenant? I mean, I really, really liked Spotlight, and I wasn't upset about it winning Best Picture. It wasn't my pick, but I think it's a great movie, but... It is a very safe movie, and the kind of thing that the Oscars can get behind. Yeah,
2: it's one of the few movies I've seen where 9/11 is posed as an obstacle for these journalists to try and <laughs> expose the church. They're like, we almost got them, and then and
0: then 9/11, oh, yeah,
2: yeah, 9/11 happens. They have to hold. <laughs> they have to hold the investigation. Everyone else is busy talking about other stuff, and so it's like, wow, I've never seen it that way. 9 11 stopped the pedophiles from getting out. That's why it was a conspiracy that way.
0: (laughs) Oh man. Well, I guess we can uh, revisit this in a couple of weeks. And, yes, that's uh, right. Only a couple and weeks. See, later. yeah, I I will not be in the country for the Oscars this year, so I've not been making much of an effort to get caught up. Yes, uh, like, I, like I did last year. Last year I saw feature. almost all of them. Um, <laughs> let's let's get into our our main theme for today. Uh, let's start talking about Clover yeah. clovers. Clovers. Cloverfield. Yeah, them them lucky lucky greens. Cloverfield is a very interesting franchise. Um, in that it's even a franchise at all. <laughs> <laughs> um let's <laughs> let's just start the beginning and talk yes. about uh the original Cloverfield from two thousand eight. Yes. In the dark, so, dark days of two
1: thousand seven? Yeah. Right before one of those hype movies in 2007, uh, there was this trailer. It looked like a home video. And in the middle of it, uh, outside of their apartment, the Statue of Liberty's head just smashed into the, the street. And then it cut to uh, a date, one uh, 1808 and there was no title. And uh, I thought this was a really cool way... To, like, build interest for a movie? Yeah, absolutely.
0: I'd say, in general, uh, the Cloverfield franchise's uh, strongest suit has been in the various ways they market these movies. And we'll talk about each one individually as we go through. But, yeah, I, I remember all of the build-up to this movie back in 2007. Uh
1: Yeah, they did, like, ARG stuff online. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was 12, I guess,
0: 13? Yeah, I was, like, 12 or 13. 13, I think. And, uh, man, I was super into this. I got really excited for this movie from that first trailer. And then they did the other one where it's just the guy talking into the camera under the bridge. Like, something's attacked the city, and you hear explosions and shit off in the background. And, uh... Man, I was fucking hyped for this movie. I think I saw it in theaters like two or three times.
1: Yeah, I I think I went opening night to see this. I movie think I might have too actually. I think this was the first opening night movie I ever
0: saw. And and afterwards I I was obsessed too. Like I I saw it a couple more times in theaters, I was one of those people who started to, like, really dig into stuff. Like, the connection that, like, the slusho corporation has to the monster and Yeah, everything. dude,
1: I had a slusho t-shirt. Did you really? Yeah. That's fucking baller. Yeah, you couldn't drink just five or something like that was their tagline. And it's been years since I've seen this movie until
0: we watched it to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, it's been a very uh, long time. Uh, yeah, I never
2: caught on to any of the... Viral marketing stuff that happened during the time I knew about it, and I was excited, but I never did any digger deeping. I didn't know about the slusho things in it, which I guess is also in a whole bunch of other J.J. Abrams shows like Alias and Fringe. The best show that I've never watched. Um,
1: I dude, I
0: Fringe was great
1: when it was when it was I, on. I watched the first season of
0: Fringe and then it kind of gave up. I watched like the first four seasons of Fringe. Oh, I damn. never saw I never saw the end, but it was like my favorite show on TV when it was on. Like me and my mom would watch it like on TV every week nice. when it would it's come on. It's JJ
2: Abrams specialty making everyone's favorite show for I two never, seasons. I never <laughs> noticed
0: the the slush show connections in Fringe at least. Oh, I know that... I know they're in every single one of these Cloverfield movies. Yeah, and they do I don't think they ever say it in this movie. But the the main guy who's like getting ready to leave and move to Japan is he's going to work for Slusho he or something. Slush-o he has a Slusho shirt at the party. Yeah. 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 or his brother has the Slusho yeah, 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 yeah. shirt. Yeah. But yeah, that's oh. why he's moving oh. to Japan. Yeah, yes, so
2: th- we haven't talked a lot about plot because I think a lot of people can just. I mean. Well, no, the this is pretty. Easy. The framing
0: narrative is yeah, it's a found footage thing. Uh, these young, mid to late twenty somethings, early thirty somethings, <laughs> are throwing a going away party for uh one of their friends who's moving to Japan to accept some job they're documenting the night and giving pe- having people you know say their goodbyes on camera and then shit starts going crazy in the city something is attacking the city yes, and then they and have to survive the night
2: as tj miller puts it at one yes. point in the movie like every good found footage film does because they have no better way to explain it is that there's always someone that goes People need to see what happened here.
0: Well, no, they that was this was back when they still did try to uh try to justify why they never just put the camera down and run away. They don't even do that shit anymore. Nobody questions it anymore. But yeah, this was back in the day when somebody was like, "Why are you still fucking filming?" He's like, "Somebody's going to need like people are going to see this." Well, no, this that that's be- what I'm saying.
2: I I don't even know the last found footage film I've seen recently.
0: I feel like uh, any ones that I have seen have been so underwhelming that I don't remember anything.
2: Yeah, it seems the Paranormal Activity movies are probably the only ones doing it. Who watches those anymore? Yeah,
0: so. uh, I mean, but in those old, like Diary of the
2: Dead, I was honestly, I, it's it's a much better movie than that. But I was getting a whole lot of Diary of the Dead flashbacks, which is I I'm pretty sure that Diary of the Dead came out after. I don't think it holds up as well as I thought it always did. And I've never seen it. No, I I'm talking about
1: Cloverfield. Oh. oh I'm talking yeah, about Cloverfield yeah. now. No, I, I agree I agree I, with you. Yeah. Uh unfortunately. Because as well, here's a question I'll pose to you. I know Matisse said he saw it in theaters. Did you uh see I'm pretty sure I saw do it? Do you in think theaters? seeing it on the big screen would make a difference? Because I was thinking about this because Yeah. I think on a big screen it would feel more immersive than it would on TV. Definitely. So it kind of undercuts that a little and bit. It's but... it's a
0: it's like a Godzilla style monster movie, like those are always better on the big screen.
1: Right. Yeah. But I mean
0: also like this is just the type of shit that I ate up when I was like 13.
1: Yeah, know? see like... that's what I'm so torn about because I I agree that it doesn't quite hold up as much as it did when I was 12, 13, but at the same time, I'm not sure if I attribute that to necessarily it being worse or than I remember or just seeing it on a smaller screen.
0: I think it's a combination of the two, at least for me. I will say that even though it doesn't hold up as well as I was hoping, it's still not a bad movie. In fact, I would go so far as to say that it's one of the better found footage films that exists.
1: I, I would agree with because that because I mean... it's
0: it's not it's not incredible, but it utilizes found footage as more than just a trope. It is actually like a a way of like telling the story and like revealing and hiding things in like a specific way
1: yeah it doesn't
0: I, just feel like because a lot of found footage movies especially more recent ones i watch them and i'm like why is this found footage why isn't this just a
1: movie you know yeah that's how i feel with a lot of the paranormal activity well, ones mean, outside honestly, the first I couple i would put this in like the prime golden age of found footage movie i mean yes you obviously have blair witch which came out much before it and which is still the, the best the originator of found footage and then this kind of brought in like a second wave i mean after that you had wreck which is really good oh i've always wanted um, to see that. I really, think I ever saw really that. awesome oh no, wait yes i did movie. i
0: i saw the original japanese or not uh, japanese spanish, a spanish one and the really terrible American remake, but the Quarantine. Spanish one
1: is really good. Quarantine. It's good. Um, I didn't hear the sequel. Rec Two is supposed to be good. That's what I've I heard seen as well. Uh, first Paranormal Activity mm-hmm. movie, uh, also very good in my opinion. Not much I happens. I wouldn't say in very it. good, but decent. Yeah,
0: my my hot take is that the third Paranormal Activity is the best out of all of them. We'll to do
1: a Paranormal Activity movie, uh, <sighs> yeah, we will. episode at some point. Uh, um, but you know,
0: I would say I would say that Cloverfield is almost directly responsible for the oversaturation of found footage movies that came after it because I think it was so successful and everybody got so excited by it. And the hype lasted for such a long time, even after it came out. <coughs>
2: right, because Paranormal Activity came out like two thousand nine, or something, right? Two thousand ten. Two okay. thousand ten. Sounds about right.
0: So that that,
1: that two thousand nine, two
0: thousand ten. Right. Uh, shortly, shortly after this
1: movie. Yeah, I feel like we got a wave of shaky cam movies. Yes, after dude. this. Yes, I think one
2: thing dude. is that it's probably well, certainly not Cloverfield because they. A lot of basically
1: all the budget probably went to animating the monster. But that, the effects
0: still hold up pretty well too. Yeah, actually. surprisingly
1: well. I think the, the amount of restraint they have in yes. showing the monster really helped with that. But we'll talk about that. will I don't want to cut off Eugene's yeah. point that you were making.
2: Not just Shaky Cam found footage in general that the financial success of Blair Witch and Paranormal Activity show that you can make a movie with basically no budget and market it that way mm-hmm. and that it's weird you put less money into it and you'll make more because it's all about how you present the film paranormal activity did it because mm-hmm. they said uh get your uh theater to play this movie where they probably were gonna play it anyway but right. it builds up the hype with Blair Witch Project that came out at a time when you couldn't really verify
0: a lot of the things yeah that and it was in and that was really like the the first real found footage film and they marketed it as if it were real right which is something that a lot of found footage films have tried to do but they don't really follow through on it you know where it's no. like they're like oh this is this is real this really happened but then you'll still see like a all the fucking credits and stuff at the end of right. all the people who worked on it and at
2: least cloverfield doesn't try and pull that oh no well right. i they mean I, they, they can't no it's, it's about yeah. a monster attacking right. new york city <laughs>
0: if that was something real the entire world would know about it immediately so it's, it's not
2: like the choice itself isn't Because it's cheaper, it's because they felt that found footage style was actually more effective to tell the story, which I guess, yeah, because the opposite end of that found footage, if it wasn't found footage, I think it'd be something more like Godzilla, the 2014 one, where... It tries to make it about the people, but the people aren't very interesting. Right. <laughs> if we haven't mentioned, T.J. Miller is the man behind the camera. Yeah. <laughs> and he is,
0: uh, he is the comic relief. You know what I couldn't... As little as he... Was. What I couldn't stop thinking about, and this is probably... There's probably no connection here whatsoever, but his character's name is Hud, short for Hudson. And I just... As I just couldn't stop thinking about it as like an abbreviation for heads up display, like in a video <laughs> game, because oh. <laughs> he's the, he's the camera. Yeah. He, yeah, is, right. he is our heads up display. <laughs> I I doubt that that was their intention, Probably but not, I just but... could not stop thinking about it. Yeah, yeah this was <laughs> back when T.J. Miller, before he was a fucking fat schlubby nerd, he was a Skinnier chlubby. Before he yeah. was the star of such features as the emoji movie. Yeah. 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 This was probably back in his donkey punching days. No, this was <laughs> this was first wave
2: TJ Miller. Yeah. Then there was second wave with Silicon Valley. And all that, but uh,
1: now yeah. we're into golden. And, age. and then there's <laughs> golden
0: age. And then there's T. golden T. age. TJ Miller uh, emoji movie, physically abusing women during sex. Yep, TJ right, Miller, yeah, everybody's favorite. TJ Two thousand seven, certainly. Allegedly, it was <laughs> oh, Yeah, allegedly, he fucking shoved a bottle. No, I'm not going <laughs> yeah. farther into yeah. that. But no, yeah, yeah, no, he's. TJ Miller's career is done. I yes. think, and um, he's not very funny, and either. he's not. He's not very funny. The only
2: other recognized. Actor in this is Lizzie Kaplan. Lizzie Kaplan.
0: Who, course, yep. which apparently, like, they were trying to keep this movie so under wraps that they didn't even let any of the actors film or like read the script before they had signed on. Oh, eight. so when they auditioned, when they auditioned, they had them reading for shit like Alias, which was also a J.J. Abrams yep, thing, right? Nice. And apparently, Lizzie Kaplan... Had no idea what she was auditioning really? for until oh. she had gotten the job. She thought it was like a romance uh, comedy or something at first,
2: okay, which is I could she seems really uninvent. I mean, all the actors just they're trying, but some of them are they're just they're not great. Or they seem really just bored with the whole yeah. thing. Like Lizzie Kaplan, I felt wasn't trying at all. Well, in this you know, movie.
1: I I actually kind of disagree. I think Lizzie Kaplan probably gave one of the best performances, just because it's so naturalistic. Yeah, I agree. Actually, she's like the outsider of this group. Like when we first
0: see her at the party. She doesn't really want to be there. She's, like, friends of the – she's, like, friend of a friend, you know, and TJ Miller's being really creepy and trying to, like, hit on her and stuff, and she obviously just wants to leave. And then she sort of just ends up lumped in with them. So I kind of agree with you. Like, the disinterest matches her character, I think. I I didn't read it as that.
2: I – I don't think it would be right for her to be bored just cuz she's around people she's not familiar with. I I think that she is the best uh best actor in this movie, but in terms of performance, I think
0: she's just Well, very I mean also she's me. not in it for very long in all yeah, she's honesty. She's like
1: over half the movie. She's in a so. solid. Amount. She, yeah, she's in a good um, amount. But anyway, well, also I think I feel like uh the shaky cam kind of masks how bad some of the performances are yeah 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 the Uh,
0: worst performances are always when people are like talking directly into the camera yeah like that's always the worst shit there's some some narrative stupidity in this movie i think well uh, i mean
1: the whole main conceit is pretty dumb of going back to save this girl well
0: right that's that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying like I like the idea of them having to, like, survive the night, get to the evac spot without being killed by this giant monster and all the shit that's happening. But the main character having to go rescue his love interest from her apartment building is so fucking stupid. Right.
2: Well, they they introduced the little character development that there is in here the guy who's going to be going off to <coughs> japan uh it's not his girlfriend but it's a friend that they slept together Once. For, yeah they slept together once before but it's one of those like oh you can tell they care you know they they love each other they just can't admit it and she's going out with some uh, the it's the like, jerk ass lawyer from silicon valley if uh, you guys remember that oh but, that's
0: where he's from yeah.
2: i couldn't yeah. fucking but he also place it. at, at A certain point in the
0: movie, we see him at the party. They leave, and then you just just never hear from him again. Yeah, he's gone. It's it like this plot is like generic rom com plot, (laughs) which is weird because it's like wrapped up in this like disaster slash monster movie with like this little rom-com narrative at the center of it like they had sex once and they've been friends forever and they really like each other but neither of them will say it but he's got to go save her because what happened to her shitty boyfriend where is he he's probably dead it, it it's dumb it's dumb the the journey of them to get to her and rescue her is not the problem that i have
1: it's that as the yeah, conceit as the, goal. as
0: the conceit
1: the the way they kind of show the relationship between the main character and that girl is kind of strange to me in the flashbacks so they say they retrieved an sd card and yeah. then they act like it was shot on like tape the whole movie because yeah. like they do like these flashbacks at the very beginning of the movie showing their relationship, oh, and they conveniently the, the, the show like timestamps on just those parts, right? To show it was in the past, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah,
2: in case right. Well, yeah. The, <laughs> I, the
0: idea is that they're recording over this tape that he the main character took from when he and the the girl went to like
1: Coney Island. Yeah, or but whatever. there's no timestamp over the right. Present right, right, day right, 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 exactly, right, uh, exactly. Well, I
2: just imagine how to that would be <laughs> if the entire movie we saw, the, the
1: timestamp time the, yeah. there's well, just battery a, level. Little wreck thing oh, in the corner. God. You know,
0: and it's one of those things where it's like, why did he have this like camcorder with them when they were like going to Coney Island or whatever. It's one of those things like they wouldn't really be recording their day. Um my my money is that he had the the camcorder cuz they made a sex tape. Oh, <laughs> because yes. because it starts with him like walking around her enormous super luxury apartment penthouse. over penthouse overlooking Central Park and then he goes into the bedroom to wake her up like they were they were making a fucking sex tape, and then they decided to just record their day at Coney Island, and that's why he's so upset when he when finds out that they've been the recording tape. over the <laughs> tape. He's like, he's like, wait, I had a tape in there. Did you Did you change the tape? And T.J. Miller's like, oh, no, yeah, maybe. That's a great point. Uh, in one of the final shots
2: of the film, it is Rob and Beth, and they're on a, like, a Ferris, a Ferris wheel, wheel yeah, right on
1: Coney Island.
2: And yep, they're at Coney Island and in the background you can see an object something hit into the water. And of course at that point people went crazy trying to figure out what that splash meant. I, right. I didn't well that's see.
0: always been the mystery is like what what fell
2: out of the sky. And I've never
0: I never saw it when I first uh, watched the movie. I only heard I didn't, about it afterwards. I didn't see it on my first on my first viewing either. Well, because it's the kind of thing, like, it's way off in the distance. If you're not looking for it, you'll miss it. Another thing... Yeah, it's a nice touch. It must have been easier to catch
2: in the movie theater than on TV, of course, because it'd be bigger. Uh, I guess the idea behind that, that it's supposed to be a satellite that crashes into the water
0: that disrupts the... Cloverfield creature. That's that was always one of the possibilities. One of the, the is that
2: theories. It man. was
0: either maybe the creature is an alien, and that's it falling into the ocean, or I. Shortly after this movie came out, when I was doing all my research and shit, right. like <laughs> there's some people that say it's the Slusho satellite um, that crashed into the ocean and woke up the creature, whatever. Um, it's one of those things that doesn't really matter, but it's a nice little Easter egg. And it I mean, I always look for it every time I watch the movie since that point because I know it's there. Yeah. But. Well, and it's nice to know
2: that they decided, for the movie itself, they wouldn't give an explanation. If you wanted to try and figure it out, then you could do your. That's research what I like online. about this movie. How vague everything is. They we don't, don't feel... have a scene of them talking to some military guy being like, there, "Yeah, this this monster was awoken."
0: <laughs> they right. They explain everything to us because you don't because you don't need that shit. And that's something you get too much of in so many movies is like all this explanation. And it's like it doesn't really matter. It's not the point. It doesn't matter what the monster is. Or where it came from, just that it is attacking the city and these people have to survive. Yeah. Like, I'm really glad that there's not, like, an investigative element. Like, we have to figure out what the monster is. Because, no, they, like, these are just normal people just trying to survive. They don't fucking give a shit, you know? I I remember there also being uh, a fan theory that there were two monsters. Oh, that was one of the things that I, like, looked into a lot back in, in that day is the idea that there's two monsters. It's basically unfounded. It's mostly just people, like, pausing, like, the little glimpses of the monsters we get and be like, well, this one looks slightly different from this one, and this one God, looks bigger okay. than this one, so maybe it's, like, a mother monster and, like, a baby monster. Man, I mean, uh, and it's one of those things, like, if so, okay, fine. It doesn't like, really matter.
1: The scale of the main Cloverfield monster in this movie kind of areas throughout the movie a little bit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's huge at one point oh yeah that's just
2: uh, that's creative license right yeah <laughs> i mean
1: i i do agree that like i i commend the movie for how much restraint it has and not explaining stuff but at a point it kind of gets a little convoluted with some of the stuff it's doing mainly my my annoyance is the sickness Oh, oh, right, right. that's and something Zee that Kaplan sort of just gets. <laughs> Yeah, that's so, just added uh, in the killer character. Yeah, off. yeah, yeah it's weird. there's no other weird. reason behind it. Um, So, like, you have the main monster, and then it has, like, lice that fall off little, of it. Like fleas. Like alien yeah. fleas. And it, like, they, they, they kill people. They're, like, crabbers. Crabber alien yeah. type of things. And, uh... I do, I do really love the scene
0: where they're in the subway tunnels and they have to fight
1: slash run from the little aliens. Yeah, freeze. I think that's one of the most one effective, of the best one of the best scenes in scenes the, movie the movie for sure. Yeah, the the use of night vision mm-hmm. without is... overdoing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: without overdoing it, and uh, just sort of like the claustrophobia of being in the tunnels, and all of that stuff is really red. But I I agree with you. There is that kind of weird convoluted thing that if somebody gets bit by these things, then they get sick and explode.
1: I guess. I their guess heads
0: explode? I we don't well cuz when they when they come out of the subway tunnel and they find like the military base that they've set up in the mall or whatever like they're they're carrying by like a stretcher with a dead soldier on it whose like oh, entire right. torso is like exploded yeah. just oh, like yeah. it it looks like like an alien came out of him or something from like like a xenomorph you know and they're like oh yeah we got another bite here and then Lizzie Kaplan starts bleeding from her eyes and they take her behind like, uh, like a plastic sheet and then just like we hear a pop and like something like blood hits it Like that's it's kind of dumb it's fine but it's never addressed at any other point in the movie and it kinda just seems like it doesn't really matter
1: I almost feel like it would be better if they didn't explain it through her blowing up if they kind of just left it a little more open ended
0: yeah it's honestly it's the blowing
1: up that bothers me yeah, the most yeah. i
0: don't i don't mind people get, like getting sick and dying from like these things bites like that makes sense but it's it's the exploding that seems like it's too much yeah it's unnecessary and i don't understand why they do it yeah,
1: it's it's kind of a dumb addition.
0: Sort of going back to, uh, like, the restraint that they have in, you know, making this movie, sure. how much respect I have for that. Especially because, like, the monster's huge. Like, it's the size of buildings. <laughs> it's, like, destroying the city. But you really don't get a good look at it at any point in the movie, until sort of the end, that's when you see it the oh, best. Yeah, that's when you get the money shot when he looks straight down at TJ Miller a, and Miller, eats yeah. him. Um, but
2: uh, well, I would I would say they show a good amount of him on the TVs, but again, kind of. It's, but it's it's, obscured. it's a TV through
0: a camera, and it's not like, kind of close up. But. The best you see it is at the end when they're on the helicopter, before they fall out of the sky, and right. you see it getting like carpet bombed. Um, but up till that point, you only see it in like brief glimpses because these people are running. You never get a great look at it. And I love that mystery of there being something enormous attacking the city, but they don't feel the need to just show a ton of it. Like it leaves a lot up to your imagination until you do finally get the reveal at the end. And I have a lot of appreciation and respect for that like a lot of the stuff that they're avoiding in this movie is not the monster itself but things that are directly caused by the monster right well that it's it shows the massive fallout
2: from the presence of the cloverfield monster just in that uh clouds of dust sweeping through the streets buildings collapsing he knocks over a bridge just with his tail he doesn't yeah. even, it doesn't even it's not even something he means to do but he's just so giant that it's just uh it's just knocking over everything and the the fleas and stuff too that are coming off of right the creature yeah, they're they're a bigger menace than the monster itself to these characters at a certain point right
0: and i mean realistically the monster's probably not like out to get People or anything, it's probably just like wandering around and causing destruction right, in its way. Until
2: until he decides to uh, specifically target uh, the helicopter and TJ Miller, then <laughs> right? Like yeah, that is a, that is a <laughs>
0: bit weird. That <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, at one point, like when they find Lizzie Kaplan's character again, and she's the only one who's seen the monster. She does make a point that it's eating people, but I mean, yep, it's. Right. It's a big old fucking monster, and we're like little bugs running around. Like, of course it's eating.
2: It's eating people. Like,
0: you know, do you guys want to rate this? Yeah, I'd say we should
2: just jump into it. Well, for me, it does not hold up as well as... And a part part of that is because of the oversaturation of found footage that spawned off of Cloverfield. And, well, even by extension, The Blair, Blair Witch. I think those movies lose their effectiveness because of the movies that were made after him. And it sucks because they should get credit for starting these things off. But I think there have been a lot of other movies that have done it better and show that there was a lot more potential in these sort of found footage movies. Like Troll Hunter, I would say, is like one of the best found footage um, movies that I've seen in quite a while. I really enjoy that movie. The context like that just makes it harder to remember what made it so great. I would still say it's a very entertaining movie. Moves at a pretty good pace. The characters I just don't find particularly interesting. And unfortunately, they spend all that setup. It's just 20 minutes of people getting ready for a party. And that's it really drags. Thank goodness they, they know. It's like this is just to set up all the nonsense and destruction that we're about to do. So for me, I'm going to give it a three and a half just because it's still worth checking out. But it won't blow your mind. I think
1: Troll is. Hunter is a great movie. Yes. Troll Hunter um, is a great yeah, movie. Yeah, I really, yeah, um,
2: oh, no, I'm glad we could, are we going to rate Troll Hunter? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah.
1: But yeah, I think Cloverfield, it's one of those movies where it feels more like an amusement park ride than a movie. Uh, I remember at the time when this first came out, they were giving out barf bags with the movie. (laughs) So many people were puking because of motion sickness. I can believe that. Uh, But yeah, it feels like an amusement park ride in a lot of ways just because it's so immersive and you're following them. And I think it's a a really original way of doing like a a Godzilla type of movie. Mm Yeah. You know, It, it feels like a really unique and original way to do that type of story. Um, I, I agree that it doesn't quite hold up. I feel like if you see this movie, try to see it on as big of a screen as possible. Sure. Find someone, find one of your friends with a great home theater setup. Yeah, I think, I, I think seeing it on a big screen will add to the, the amusement park ride feel. No. It'll bring you into it, uh, might make you puke a little bit, but that's (laughs) all right. Um, I the the characters are a little dumb. There's there's some dumb plot stuff, but it's still a fun ride. I'd give it a solid three and a half. I think it's a, a decent movie. I think it's a good start of this franchise.
0: Yeah, I feel basically the same. Um, it is very much like a, a theme park ride. Um, my biggest problems from or with this movie come from the the characters and the plot it seems like there's too much effort to try to make like <clears throat> interesting relatable characters and like a serious plot line whereas i would have rather had it be more naturalistic where it's just like you know a documentation of these people trying to survive the night and evacuate right if it, it had could been, have just been about escaping the city right it if it to and be if a if had mission. been i think it would have been a lot a lot better um for that reason i'm gonna go right with you guys uh solid three and a half um, good fun movie uh holds up pretty well, um but yeah, all the party stuff at the beginning is hella boring um and I don't give a shit about any of these characters and I don't give a shit about the romance and uh if all of that stuff was changed or removed. I, I think it would be much better. So we're all on the same page on this one, a unanimous 3.5 pods. Three leaves and a nub. Three <laughs> leaves and a nub. Um, now let's move on to 10 Cloverfield Lane yes, from 2016 by
2: so, you Trachtenberg. Yes, you watched Cloverfield and you thought, well, when are they going to make a second one? And then for <laughs> nine years... Nothing. It's just silence. We don't. We hear whispers of a second movie coming out, but those are all just. Do that's, we? That's all just. Well, I don't think that Cloverfield, when that came out, people weren't uh, thinking about a sequel. I know. I don't think so. It, people well, probably would is- want to see this monster attack again. I, I, I think the way the franchise has gone now is crazy, but. I think a Cloverfield sequel wasn't something too outrageous. The weird to thing think about. is, they no, but I never heard anything about. They kind of intermittently
1: ran the ARG even after the first movie, like on and off for a few years after. Oh wow!
2: So yeah, really? certainly, yeah. things
1: for people to to
2: hold on to. And then there is a spec script that is bought out by Bad Robot, written by. Um, oh, I forget the... Damien uh, Chazelle had a writing Oh, yes, on. that's yeah. right. But He came on after, but the director of the movie, he also uh, directed a short film, Portal, No Escape.
1: He was also Shell's a big Escape. podcaster. He had a oh, was he really? podcast on Revision 3 back in the day called uh, Totally Rad Show. Oh. Oh. Dan Trachtenberg? Yeah, he'd talk about like, geek culture and geek movies and oh, all that very stuff. Very cool. I did not yeah. know that.
2: But a... Script was bought by Bad Robot, and during production, Big Boy J.J. realized that there were a lot of similarities between this story and the things that occurred in the Cloverfield uh, world, I, which I
0: don't J, feel. J.J. As- Abrams must have been smoking crack or something, because I don't see those I think, connections well, yeah, at all. I think the
1: way I see it is... He sees the Cloverfield name as a platform to give movies like this a bigger audience, which I think is cool. I think yes. taking, uh, you know, the Cloverfield name and using it to elevate experimental, weirder sci-fi script ideas is a cool way of, you know, making a sort of loose anthology of sorts. Sure. It is,
2: to a degree, depending on what happens to the film once you try and fit it into this universe, because once right. that decision was made, reshoots were done. Even then, once shooting was over, people still kept it under wraps. Yeah, As like Mary Elizabeth Winstead and John Goodman, they said they were starring in a film about people stuck in a bunker, but they never let on about a sequel to the
0: massive hit Cloverfield.
1: Yeah, well, we should hold off before we talk about how they're connected a little oh, bit. Oh, yes, yes. Because-
0: yes. I, it is important, like you mentioned, uh, that as when this was picked up by Bad Robot, it was totally unrelated. I think the original title was The Seller, yeah. correct? <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's a totally standalone movie, completely unrelated to Cloverfield whatsoever. And last minute, they did some reshoots to loosely tie them together, and they slapped the title 10 Cloverfield Lane on it. It fucking worked because, like, realistically, we just rewatched this movie last night. And when I was watching it, I was trying to watch it as a completely unrelated movie. It's a fantastic movie. I'll go ahead and get that out of the way right now. I love the shit out of this movie. It would not have. Gotten the acclaim or even the
1: audience that it did without the Cloverfield. (sighs) I don't know about Acclaim, Name. but I think Audience, definitely Acclaim,
0: th- maybe, because you do have like
1: John Goodman, and people love John Goodman Yeah, because I think the movie Itself is very strong Even yes. without, the, the especially without, especially the without the connection To Cloverfield, especially Especially
0: without the connection to Cloverfield It's an but, extremely strong movie But this is not the kind of movie That the wide American audience will go see A movie about Mary Elizabeth Winstead trapped in a bunker with John Goodman for the entire movie. It's a slow movie, you know? It's not the kind of thing that like gets people excited. But then you slap Cloverfield on it, and people are like, oh, fuck yeah, I remember Cloverfield. So they flock to see this movie. And I feel like there are probably a lot of people who were really pissed off when it was over. Then I There's no Cloverfield monster in this movie. I didn't see the monster. (laughs) But, like, that's fine. Like, it's Um, a really strong movie on its own.
2: Well, yeah, uh, the reshoots and things that were added on really seem to only happen at the end of the film. There are a couple things that are sprinkled. The premise is this. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is running away from home um, from her husband. From her fiancé. Her fiancé, yes, we see... We see her leave the ring uh, on the table, classic, uh, <coughs> classic visual, you know, aid for right. the audience. And as she is driving out, she gets into a car accident. When she awakes, she is in a locked room with a chain around her leg. And John Goodman comes up to her and basically says,
0: everyone you know is dead. I'm going to keep you alive. Right. Like, there's some, there's been some sort of attack. The air outside is not safe to breathe. You can't leave this bunker. Yep. And, man, is the buildup fucking fantastic in this movie and the way that they continuously change the way that you look at John Goodman. At first... I mean, you're only getting this from Mary Elizabeth Winstead's uh, perspective. So initially, it seems like he's like kidnapped her and is holding her in the bunker for some weird, creepy, possibly sexual reason, you know. And then at a certain point, she sees... Outside the door to the bunker, like, uh, like a sick woman who all her skin's all fucked up. And there's like a couple of dead pigs outside. And then she starts believing that something has actually happened. And then John Goodman sort of becomes like this good-natured, like sort of like sweet-ish like father figure. And then it totally just changes yeah, well, again. Uh, like, oh, man, He almost so has good. like
1: a sort of wisdom because yeah. he, he called it. He, he plays this ultra-libertarian uh, survivalist kind of character. Right, who's
0: been building this bunker for years for just such a,
1: sc- a scenario
0: as yeah, this. Yeah,
1: one of my favorite scenes is uh, when the there's a younger dude in the bunker with them. He, he's talking about what he wishes he would have done. Uh, before the the disaster happened, and he asked John Goodman's character what he wishes he would have done, and John Goodman's just like nothing. I did everything I wanted to do. Yeah,
0: preparing was my <laughs> right thing. Yeah. Um, oh man, John Goodman is so fantastic in this. Like everybody's good in this movie. He the, really the, steals the, the show. whole cast of like three people yeah. who are in in this movie. But yeah, John Goodman is great because he's he's so good at manipulating how you feel about his character because he's obviously like somewhat unstable he's sort of like the savior character like he saved these people by allowing them to be in his bunker but he has these absolute temper tantrums for the slightest little things where he just goes into rages so it's like he's dangerous but also like necessary and he's Turns that shit on and off. Yeah, you so could well. really
1: compare it almost to uh, Kathy Bates's character. Yeah, very, very
0: similar. Very similar. Like nurturing, but at the same time, incredibly menacing. They
1: have their own set of you know internal morality that yes. they think they're running by that they think is the right thing that they're
0: forcibly submitting other
1: people yeah. to. This movie is very good. I I think what I like the most. Most is how excellently paced it is. It feels almost Hitchcockian in a way. Yes, where you have a limited setting and a very tight script, to where things are revealed every five ten minutes. I would say, Mm -hmm. and kind of twist your perspective on what you've seen before. It's it's slow,
0: but it's extremely tense. It's it's never boring. For being contained to a central location with only three characters, like you said, the pacing and the 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 rate at which they reveal things to the viewer through Mary Elizabeth Winstead is really, really good and it's just like a constant like emotional roller coaster yeah. up and
1: down. I don't know about you guys, but first time I saw this movie it was in theaters and I knew nothing. I didn't and, see it in theaters, uh,
0: unfortunately, but I also knew
1: nothing. Yeah, uh, well, and the cool thing about that is I feel like it added a lot more doubt whether anything has actually even happened yeah. in the outside world, and I thought that was effective. I would actually disagree a little bit on it being a slow movie. I thought it, it it's pretty tensely paced. Well, because... There's not a it, lot of fat
2: on the bone, Right from the beginning, oh, yeah. when Mary Elizabeth
1: Winstead
0: wakes up in that room, she's immediately trying to escape. She has that conversation with uh, the other guy, the younger guy in the bunker, Emmett, trying like, how, wh- how do you know this guy? Like, blah, 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 all this stuff. Like, how do you know there is actually an attack? And he's like, oh, well, I actually, like, there was. I saw it. Right. She, think thi- she thinks John Goodman's lying, but then Emmett's like, oh, no, yeah, I saw it. Like, there is a big fucking flash. It's like nothing I've ever seen before. And that's that's a great thing, too, because we we
2: get that information that something has happened up on the surface. So no matter how she might feel about John Goodman's character, that they are stuck down there and that he's right in some way. Right.
0: Well, Uh, and it's that point where she like softens towards him, you know, and after like her that escape attempt and she like stitches him up. And and he begins to talk about his family and his, his daughter, Megan. Yep. He keeps talking about Megan, Megan, Megan. And yeah, then you get sort of like that. Montage sequence oh, yeah. of them yeah, like yeah. killing time. Like he's got a jukebox down there, and, and they're putting putting, putting pu- together a puzzle and watching old VHS movies. Yeah, cannibal and, like, Airlines, Cannibal and Airlines, <laughs> <laughs> and like mate, like there's one point where she and John Goodman are like making marshmallow fluff sandwiches. I know it's <laughs> yeah. like it's kind of adorable, yeah. you know. Yeah. Like it's it's kind of cute. It's like John Goodman has been this really terrifying character up till this point. Like very on edge and then all of a sudden he's just like you know you're dead you know Yeah. and then but it can't last
1: of course right of
2: course
0: because there is a an
2: eruption that happens on the surface their air air filtration unit uh, something goes wrong they have to shut it off (coughs) and turn it back on and Mary Elizabeth Winstead is the... Uh, Michelle, her name is. Yes, so we Michelle. can I say stop
0: it. calling her Mary Elizabeth
2: Winstead. It's, uh, I, yeah, it's just... I always, it's a it's, mouthful. It's easier always for me just to say the actor's name. I don't care. I, I usually don't remember character names. But Michelle... And, Michelle, How, and John Goodman is Howard. is Howard. Yes. Michelle and Howard and Emmett. And Emmett is played by John Gallagher Jr. I don't recognize him from a whole lot of other movies. No, I mean, but, he's been in some other stuff. Right, I, I know he's he's done, me. like yeah like, theater and stuff, too, so... It's one of those guys, but she has to crawl through an air vent to get to this air filtration unit, and when she is there, she finds the word help scratched into a window, well, it's a door, but there's a a hatch hatch. hatch, Uh, on the bunker, and it was very clearly scratched from the inside. And she also finds a pair of bloody earrings. As crazy as John Goodman was in the beginning, they managed to become friends and get to know each other. But we find the crazier side to John Goodman. Uh, that he means. actually is a crazy person. Yes. Yeah. Which, I don't know how I feel about that. Of course, they had to build up more of a conflict because they, they, they couldn't end the movie with... With, they spent the next 20 years in that bunker, and they were just friends. That <laughs> right, they have yeah. to give her a reason to want to escape that bunker from John Goodman.
1: I, I like that they don't overexplain explain that too much. He shows Michelle a picture that he says
0: is Megan, and then at one point, after she discovers the bloody earrings, which the girl in the picture is wearing she shows the picture to Emmett and he's like no i know i know that girl she went to school with my sister right, which she went mis- she went missing a while ago so then it's like Oh, so John Goodman has abducted at least one young woman and has been keeping her in this bunker presumably before this disaster happened yes. even. So it makes you wonder what he really built that bunker for in the first place. Is it really for survival or is it somewhere where like a little home where he can Right.
2: Well, it's it's it could definitely be both because right. he's also – he meant they mentioned that he works with satellites, which is another connection to Cloverfield that, oh, the, maybe
0: it was the part of the same company, whatever that satellite was that crashed in the water. If right. That theory and the is Cloverfield paradox, which we'll, I'll talk about the, the connections to that once yeah, we get yeah. into it. But it's at this point that they must craft an escape and – not
2: just to get away from John Goodman and get out, but also to not be killed by whatever's out there. Whatever. Right. Michelle's character is that she likes to design clothes, and so she's going to design uh, makeshift hazmat suits. For each of them so that they can breathe
0: yeah. up there, which is it looks very shoddy. <laughs> well yeah, it's <laughs> like it's like a shower curtain and like uh, like a and duct tape and like a makeshift uh breathing filter made out of like a two-liter bottle. And two liter bottle with some cotton and what looks like like one of those plug-in for breeze things yeah. as well. well I mean of... I mean that, that stuff doesn't bother me. Like she's working <laughs> with matter, she's no. working with limited materials. It, probably not as effective as a real hazmat suit, but something. But unfortunately John Goodman starts to think there's something fishy going on here. Right. Well what I what I like so much about uh his sort of like craziness, his creepiness, is like it is implied that he really does have a daughter, Megan, and that he is estranged from her that's sort of the way it is it's never really explicitly explained why he's kidnapping these girls they're not like saying that it's downright a sexual thing it almost seems to be more like he just wants his relationship with his daughter back so he's holding these these young women who are about his daughter's age Hostage, so he can like play father, which is the impression that I got. And maybe there is some sort of weird well, sexual he, thing he going on stuff, there. Uh, throughout the movie,
2: like you'll learn to love cooking. He's got something in mind for what Michelle is going how she's yeah. going to play into his life down there. I right. did
1: really love the guessing scene with little woman though how he never guessed woman he went Well yeah, to well, yeah. A and it's, and it's like, oh, and
0: child. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, Michelle is this." And John is just like, "Uh, girl, uh little girl, uh child, <laughs> uh uh little girl." And, uh, and then he's like, "No, she's older, so she's a uh, um uh little princess." Right, which is just And it's like he can't even think of her as anything but like a child, yeah. because she reminds him of his own child. So right. it's like there's there's complexity to his madness. He's not just like a <coughs> uh, like a, a your conventional horror movie like rapist murderer. You yes, know? but
2: it is around this point when he discovers what they're up to, and he kills Emmett because Emmett sacrifices himself. He makes up. An excuse which I I found to be a little weak. If he was going to make up an excuse, I think he should have tried to say something that wasn't implying he wanted to kill John Goodman. Well, he's all like... Because he says he's going to steal his gun so that Michelle can
0: respect him the way that she respects It Howard. makes sense for Emmett's character, though. Like, it's a very flimsy excuse, but he's kind of an idiot,
1: you know? Well, like, yeah, he's
0: established as kind of an idiot. I never really
1: had a problem with this excuse because it feels kind of like something you'd think of on the on spot. On the spot, like some... Know? Yeah,
0: super flimsy. Right. But yeah, By the way, it gets him killed... And Dissolved in a tub
2: of yes, acid, yeah.
1: which I thought was an excellent, you know, set piece. Yes, the acid. And this
2: is when they are both left all alone. Now there's no one else to get in the way of John Goodman and Michelle. And he says as much. He's like, now it's just you and yes. me. We the can be scene, a happy little family. He's wearing a very nice button-up shirt. He's, he's shaven. He brings ice cream to her. And it's very clear that he doesn't see this as a bad thing. This is opportunity. This right. is what he wanted in the first place. This is when she really has to plan her. She has to get the hell out. Yeah, yeah.
1: I I feel like the sh- him shaving part is such a good little touch. I agree,
0: honestly. Unlike like, in like the room when Greg Sestero just shows up inexplicably <laughs> shaven <laughs> at one point, but uh yeah like it's it is nice and he's even dressed nicer and he's like oh well why don't we do something different tonight and have dessert before dinner right. well like he's being so like fatherly but also insanely creepy right and, and he and just, just <laughs> murdered somebody
2: and dissolved them in acid as we we mentioned there were reshoots done, reshoots done and a lot of them really only affect the last bit of the movie. But for me, even this is the part when I think the movie starts to go downhill because this is when she's planning her escape, but it devolves John Goodman's character at a certain point. She's uh, running away. She's knocked him down and we uh, no, she's locked him in her uh, her little like room. She manages to get into the bathroom where the acid is. She knocks it over and burns John Goodman's face. And he then sort of just transforms into, like, horror movie monster character. He starts, just like, he starts, like, going to, he has a deep growl, and he's going, because he's Because half
0: of his body has been dissolved in acid. <laughs> yes,
2: I understand that, but I think that it makes his character just, like, it's like a creature at this point. He's not very menacing. That and doesn't bother it, me at it all. It reminded
1: me of what they did with Kathy Bates in Misery a lot, to be honest. It doesn't bother you know, me at all. And if, in the same way, like Kathy Bates got burnt and was still like crazy even to the end. And I felt like-, like it was very similar. It's, uh, it's like a
0: visual representation of, like, the metaphorical mask is set aside. Like, this, like, John Goodman's character uh, is a monster, and now that monster is revealed. It it doesn't even last very long, either. Like, she knocks over the barrel of acid, he falls into it, starts a fire, and then we only see him... No, but then he starts, he
2: star- she's crawling through the vents, and he's stabbing through the vent which is so I feel like that's something I've seen in a lot of horror movies someone stabbing through the wall or an area, just getting closer and closer, and he's saying she like,
0: I just want to keep you safe. And he's like, yeah, cause... and he's like, please stay with me. Yeah, I, and yeah, I, that doesn't bother me. It's so... I, I was bothered by it, because I think... If they had laid it on super heavily, maybe, but it's, it's so... Well, it, I think that's...
2: It's, it's laid so, so on brief. Heavy. The
0: whole The whole thing is maybe like well, it's two like, to three minutes well, of the whole movie. it is
2: truly like... It's the climax of the film. Everything that happens after that, it's just sort of I would much like,
1: rather have that happen than him just like, die from the acid in her escape. Well, well, I, I agree. Well, that's why I think...
2: I, I don't know how they could have done it, honestly. I'm not sure. But I don't like how how dumbed down he felt in those final moments. I felt that they had built him up in so many better ways... Just to turn him into a lumbering is a lumbering monster. Yeah, but at the same time,
1: you know, I we see all of his like animalistic anger earlier and I feel like that's the perfect summation of that. I agree, because it's he's always just so raw so much raw anger he's just trying to kill her. You
0: always there are lots of points in the movie where you get the impression that he is like barely in control of himself. That like anything Could send him over that edge and have him become just totally animalistic, which is why he's so menacing, like he's struggling to hold himself in check. And at that point... Like his bunkers on fire, his his new uh, quote unquote daughter figure has betrayed him. He's in pain from being from laying in acid. Like everything's totally gone out the window, and the the beast is just unleashed, so to speak. Yeah, that's how
1: I feel. That's how and I always feel like, about it. You, it feels you build appropriate. Up the animalistic anger and. His character so well through the movie. I think that there was uh, a lot of good motivation
2: that was built up for him and uh, a well-developed character that seemed to just be erased in this whole final showdown, which I I just didn't find particularly um, satisfying. But she manages to escape John Goodman and break out when she rips her suit. And in a panic, she duct tapes it back up and... In a good Promethean fashion, <laughs> she takes
0: off her mask just like well, a she minute. Looks after. Up, and she sees, sees
1: birds fly. Yeah,
0: she sees a flock uh, that's of right. geese flying in the sky, and therefore assumes that the air is safe to breathe, which. Um, I mean, I get it, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, you don't know yeah, the nature of what's going on. You uh, don't it's know if, like...
2: strange because, uh, she looks in the distance and that's when we see the aliens were real. Howard was right. He was... And that's a thing that I personally enjoyed that they did show there were aliens if there weren't aliens in the movie I probably would have been left very underwhelmed. I I don't
0: necessarily agree with that because like she's asking John Goodman about like what happened he's like oh we don't like there's an attack but we don't know who it was it could have been the Russians blah 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 there's uh, maybe extraterrestrial in nature like even if they had never shown aliens it's just like oh he's just a a kooky like doomsday prepper that would have bothered me. She stands up on top of the car and looks out across the field because they're on like a farm. And she sees, like, an alien ship, like, hovering over the cornfield off in the distance. And she even fucking says, her character's just like, oh, come on. And that's exactly
1: how I felt See, when i the first time I saw I, that. I'm so torn because I, I like the open-endedness of not having the alien ship shown. Because I think the idea that it could be anything or nothing... Ultimately, is kind of cool, well. Here's but here's I, the problem. I actually don't have a problem with, them with that. The, the original the ship.
2: ending of the movie was that she escapes and she sees that. Well, the, apparently, I guess this took place in Chicago, but that Chicago is in ruins. That it's been destroyed in some way. They don't give an explanation of what it is, but Howard is right in some way that an attack did occur. Right, and I think Howard needs to be right to make him more compelling. Because otherwise, he's just a crazy person. I'm fine. W- I'm fine with that. I think that makes the movie infinitely more uninteresting if he's just some crazy. What dude. What if it's
1: left open ended, though? I think. I think if it was left open ended, where you didn't know if the, the well, severity and that's why that the... original
2: ending is fine. But again, no matter what, how like unrelated it is, it is a. Called a Cloverfield
1: yeah. movie
0: and it has the Cloverfield Well, Yeah, title and in let's it. get into this. Well, so well, I my only my last thing on that is if they are gonna show the aliens, it should have been the one shot of the ship over the fucking field, she says, "Oh come on, cut to credits."
2: Yes, because if you're gonna everything show the aliens- that happens after that point is dumb. really dumb and uh, it, it ruins a lot of the great tension that was built up. In yeah, the movie it keeps because- the movie
0: from being a perfect film, in my opinion.
1: I, I agree. I don't think it's awful. I think they could have done it much worse. It because, they could have, but um,
0: what what makes it frustrating is that it feels tacked on. Yeah, it definitely feels the execution tacked itself, on. But. The execution itself isn't terrible, and if the movie had been about that, it would have been one thing, but the, the shelter explodes, she accidentally sets off a car alarm, so the ship comes after her, it sends some... <coughs> alien creature
1: well it releases her. like chemical gas too. chemical gas
2: first right, yeah. which also shows she should have just kept her helmet on well she, yeah. put, she does put it back on well but. she should have kept it on in the first right,
0: place right, 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 right. Yeah, that, well, and then it
1: releases thing. the uh, onion butthole monsters yeah <laughs> um,
0: that look like a, it looks like a, a metal like puma with an asshole for a mouth yeah
1: well several assholes. several assholes
0: inside that, yeah. each other that continue to come out yeah um, and, and the the biggest
2: disappointment with this whole thing is that you know why they're adding on this final part not just because they have to show the alien and they want to try and show a little more special effects uh spectacle behind the movie but uh with her character in the first part she's running away from her fiance. She has a talk with Emmett, how he used to uh, be really good at track. He was supposed to go off to college, and how he never went on that bus. There's a moment, uh, a shot where she grabs that ticket uh, from uh, his wallet, and it's like I'm going to run track for you. But, it, but no, what it really <laughs> means is that it's it's about uh, in a way like embracing your own skills and being able to do what you have to. Well, right? These characters
0: yeah. all all. Uh, run away from things. When shit gets tough, they run away. Like, that's the theme. That's why she's running away from her fiancé in the beginning. Yeah,
2: That should have been done away with and given its climax with her escaping the bunker. But someone higher up decided that the best way to represent that would be for her to get in a battle with this worm creature and alien ship and not only encounter them, but to defeat them in a incredibly ridiculous
1: I want to pitch you guys a thought I had while watching the movie. You know, I I mentioned earlier that I kind of see Cloverfield as a series as almost kind of an anthology to do more experimental sci-fi things under a unified name. And in a way, I kind of see the ending that was tacked on here as almost sort of... You know how in anthology movies they have that, you know, outer storyline throughout the whole anthology. Yeah. That, you know, usually isn't quite as strong. The framing narrative. Yeah, as yeah, yeah I, I I almost saw this as kind of just the framing narrative. When I looked at it in that respect, I saw it as not being as egregiously bad because I forgave it a little bit more. You know, it doesn't do much in terms of story in, in a way that takes away in my opinion. Yeah. No, well, you're, just, you're right about that. It's a silly thing
2: in terms of her character arc to end at that because after the ship is destroyed as well, it shows her driving off And on the radio, they hear about survivors. She comes to a literal crossroads crossroads.
0: where she hears on the radio that there are survivors in Houston who are fighting and she could either take the right hand path to go to Houston or the left hand path to go to Baton Rouge, I think, Uh, which I mean, we're not told what's in baton rouge but basically she can either continue running or she can join the resistance and now she's no longer running from her problems so and she she starts driving towards houston and we see an even bigger alien ship like off in the distance over the city this is going to sound really weird but i think the ending of this movie would not have frustrated me so badly if overall the movie had been worse it's because of how strong this script is and these actors are in this single location that makes the movie so fucking good that the last like, 10, 15 minutes... Just feels like an aside, and it is just a just reshoots in order to tie it into it's the Cloverfield franchise. Definitely a franchise. radical
1: tonal shift, which I understand, and it why, hurts. It overall hurts people the movie don't for like me. it. I think it wraps up the the themes of not running away, kind of on the nose, but it does way it too on the nose in a way that's not the worst, in my opinion. I like that she kind of fights the aliens for a little bit before instead of just running away. I, I'm assuming the studio required having this part in, and I think in terms of how you do the section, it's done to the best of its ability. You oh, know? yeah,
0: okay, I will concede that. For, and, for having to have this section in order to make this a Cloverfield franchise movie, they did it about the best they yeah, could have.
1: It's, it's the best of a framing device that's ultimately I, a, an afterthought. I will agree with you on that one. I um, will I will definitely give it that. I think it's the weakest part of the movie, obviously, but I don't think it's that bad ultimately. Like I I think the uh the butthole aliens are kinda dumb, but It's not like they're used too egregiously or for too long. Yeah, that's true. I mean,
0: it definitely doesn't make the movie unbearable. You know, it's the mediocre 10-minute conclusion to an otherwise very good movie. It's not anything that makes the movie unwatchable. It's still a fantastic movie. As far as I'm concerned, the movie really ends when she gets out of the bunker. Yeah. And that's all that's preventing it from being uh, a perfect movie, in my opinion. Should we go ahead and rate this? Yeah. I'm going to give it four and a half pods out of five. I'd take one half off because of the ending. If it ended right when she got out of the bunker, or even right after she sees the first ship, it would be a solid five stars. It's a fantastic movie. I just found myself
2: unsatisfied with how the bunker story wrapped up and I wasn't a fan of the uh all the action that happened during the last 10 minutes either and from what I've heard the middle of the film is basically the same as the spec script it was created from for me I'm going to have to give it I'm going to give it 4 out of 5 still still more than worth a watch you will really enjoy it i got a friend he doesn't like many movies but he likes
1: this movie so this is this is an everyman film <laughs> yeah the thing i love about this movie the most is there's such a restraint in the the narrative there's so much many things in this movie that could have been explained more that they had the restraint to not Uh, I think of the relationship with Megan or the other girls could have been more explained, could have ruined that. Mm -hmm. They could have explained the disaster more. But, you know, I, I think this is a super effective, really tense Hitchcockian type of thriller. I love how... Minimal the characters are In that there's only You know Three characters But they flesh them out So much That you're always Interested in All three of them And kind of the power play Between all three of them mm-hmm. I think John Goodman Is excellent in this movie Yeah. Just one of my favorite actors in general, honestly. John Goodman's excellent in most things he's in, but this especially. True. I think this is a great movie. I would give it a four and a half. You know, there's some minor gripes about the ending, but I see it as no more than a framing device is sort of this experimental Cloverfield anthology. So.
0: All right. Well, that gives 10 Cloverfield Lane an average rating of 4.3 pods. So, finally, to wrap out our Cloverfield episode, we're going to be talking about the Cloverfield Paradox... Which we have discussed the marketing for that pretty extensively. Yes, we've been waiting for this. We've been quite waiting for a while, for a while. Yeah. For a while. Uh, obviously, they showed the trailer during the Super Bowl, the first trailer, and then released the movie on Netflix uh, immediately afterwards. So, so if you're listening to this, you probably already have watched it. Hopefully. Because we'll be getting heavily into spoilers, uh, as we always do.
2: For, For those of you who do not know, this was not originally meant to be a Netflix film. A lot of this was kept under wraps. This was also, like, The seller was a spec script that had nothing to do with Cloverfield. It was by the writer, who also worked on... 21 Jump Street.
0: The the marketing, once again, for this is just buck wild. You know, in the first Cloverfield, they did so, so much like teasing and outside marketing and setting up the whole ARG thing. And then with 10 Cloverfield Lane, they dropped the first trailer like just a few weeks before it was released. And then this one, it's like one trailer immediately release it. Yeah. They're, they're good with their gimmicks, though, because like it fucking like skyrocketed immediately after the super bowl so many people were turning this on like immediately
1: yeah well that's the interesting thing to me i know they did a little bit of arg stuff before it came out this was like the first movie in a while that's become almost like an event movie yeah in which like everyone is watching it at the same time and in a cool way you can kind of get analytics coming in from everyone watching it right yeah. at the same time exactly which is pretty cool i think i think i kind of wish it was happening for a better movie yes that's yeah. the problem um, the big
0: thing but i had high hopes for this movie yes and yeah. i was extremely let down i and don't like this movie at all
2: with the marketing too there's a level of confidence that you feel from it that <laughs> first they Give that trailer in the Super Bowl that it's going to come out in a couple, just a couple months. Yeah, they give it's a fucking be on fake release date. And then after the Super Bowl, it turns out, no, we were so sure you are going to want to watch this movie that we aren't going to make you wait. We're going to release it right now. And it you works. All your buddies, as I even said, the the viewership on it is really only average compared to things like bright or i mean even the ridiculous 6 it was a trick it was a trick to make you think that this was going to be such a good movie that they didn't they only needed to spend money for one super bowl ad yeah and what i think is great is that the movie had a reported budget of 45 million dollars and it was bought out by netflix for 50 million dollars so uh, they got it to make sure they could cover their costs and then some. Watching this movie, it's understandable why they would.
1: Million dollars,
2: forty-five million dollars. That's
0: right. Uh, I. What did they spend? Their
1: <laughs> yeah. Money? Uh, this movie
2: feels like it was made for yeah. like twelve. God. Well, yes, we should we should go into this a bit. It yeah. is a real departure from the movies. I mean, each ten Cloverfield Lane is different from Cloverfield, but now. This is
0: a, a this is, much uh, more dramatic departure. Uh,
2: yes, this follows a group of scientists who are aboard the Cloverfield Station. Yes, which a, it
0: is called by name a couple of times in the movie. Yeah. And, it's not just us making that shit up. Yeah, right. but uh, one thing I I heard and I
2: haven't I did not want to watch it again to verify, but it, I'm not sure if a person on the ship ever actually themselves calls it a the Cloverfield Station, certainly while they're on screen, that it might have been something that was done just through voiceovers or from things on the news. Well, you had yes. that really
1: corny uh, news report thing where the guy was talking. Yes, right, because right,
2: right. they're, well, we should. the reason they're in space is they have a particle accelerator called um, Shepard mm-hmm. that is um, being used in space to try and f- create an infinite, energy source cuz earth is going through an energy crisis. Yes, this takes place
0: know. in the near future. Uh I believe they say it's 2028. Never in the movie, but that's what JJ Abrams and all that's they say it takes place. But yeah, we're we we're out of fossil fuels pretty much. though the entire world is on the brink of World War 3. Because uh, everybody's running out of energy, so this is sort of a last-ditch international effort to create a infinitely renewable energy source that the entire that will power the entire globe forever. On a news broadcast, a uh, a woman who is actually uh,
2: the woman from Ten Cloverfield Lane, who tries uh, to get co- yeah tries into to the get in the bunker, smashes her head against the door. She's a newscaster. It's it's loose. Doesn't really connect. But she's talking to. A uh, a writer, a scientist. Uh, is, yeah. Well, uh, well, he he wrote. It says he's there because he wrote a book, a book called "The Cloverfield, Cloverfield Paradox,", Paradox. Yeah. <laughs> uh. and he explains if you thought there was going to be any sort of uh, effort. That you had to put in to learn what's happening in the movie. Don't worry because they explain it all in they the first ten minutes. They spoon feed everything.
1: such a big exposition dump in the first 10, 15 minutes of this movie.
0: This it's- this man's concern is that dealing with a particle accelerator of this size, you have the the potential to. Uh, basically damage the space-time continuum. And he even goes so far as to say that uh beasts will emerge from the sea. Uh, which I thought I was going to have a stroke upon hearing
1: because it's just so on the nose. Yeah. Um, And you can definitely tell they added that afterwards. Yes. Uh,
0: Here's the the connection that I was going to talk about between this and uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Uh, Apparently, this scientist who they're interviewing, his character's name is Mark Stambler, and John Goodman's character's name is Howard Stambler. And they're both kind of like kooky uh, conspiracy theorist type of guys, and so it's the fan theory that they are brothers. Uh, That this scientist Uh, and uh, John Goodman's character are brothers. Must be fun family reunions. Yeah, right. Get together. (laughs) Just talking about high blood pressure. (laughs) Yeah, lots of high blood pressure and heavy breathing. (laughs) That's exactly what happens. Yes, his his
2: prediction. What could possibly go wrong? They turn on the shepherd. They are able to, after months of no success. Years.
0: Years years of no success. That's right. They've been there for like three years or something. Something like that. They can't get the... it, it, It has to reach like a certain energy index before they can create like a beam or something like that. And they've been unable to do it up till this point. But then they finally do. And... When it happens,
2: the ship starts to uh, rumble. Uh, Everyone's getting flung up uh, to the ceiling, getting knocked down. Uh, There's a giant flash, and once things are settled, they look out. Uh, They realize that the Earth isn't there anymore. They're just floating in empty space. Floating in space. And the gyroscope that they had... To power their ship has also gone missing. Yes, so they are left without without a power. Well, they have power, but the, like the thing to power the shepherd has now um, has right. now
0: gone missing. Right, and, and there's all kinds of damage to the station, and so on and so forth.
2: And I will I will say this because we all said that before we heard anything more about this movie that this was going to just be an alien running around the ship and killing off crew members movie yeah. that it was going to just be alien or it was going to just be like life. And I will say that's not what happens. But the alternative is not
1: very good either. No, no we just I, get a rejected Event Horizon spec script. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh my god,
0: yeah, this movie feels so much like well, Event Horizon. Yeah, I feel it has
2: more in touch with Event Horizon than it does with Alien or Life. And it's it's so
0: frustrating that by the end of it, I almost would have rather it just been an alien running around the ship, <laughs> killing people off. In a way, because it's yeah. That, like Yeah, that's overdone, and nobody's ever... Ever done it as Would've well more as sense. nobody's ever done it as well as Ridley Scott with alien but at least then it's simple the problem with this is this is like plot hole the movie yeah, it's, it, it's so convoluted and all of they're trying to jam so much shit in here and none of it makes any sense right
2: because once they they gather themselves weird things start to happen on the ship. The Russian astronaut, uh, his eye starts
0: wonking out. Starts, it's, oh. it's behaving independently. Yeah. Of, uh, uh, and he, And it seems to be that he's hearing voices or something. We don't hear that, but he's like talking to himself in the mirror as if someone else is talking
1: to him i gotta emphasize that scene with the eyeball one of the funniest it's things. very funny yeah. They they played off like horror as like he, he doesn't know what's wrong and suddenly his eye just shoots in the opposite direction <laughs> it looks so good right
0: well and the way they set this up to at least his character like this is a team of international scientists you know there he's, he's the russian guy there's a, a german guy uh, the main character is, uh, she's British, and there's a, a Chinese scientist. Yes, who, who, I wonder who they're pandering to, but the Chinese astronaut
2: never speaks English. She's
0: apparently a very famous Chinese actress, well, like she's big in China, well, and, she, and she herself does not actually speak English, no. which is why they have Over, all of like the... In- Okay, In the, real like, the, life, the, she the speak. actress she doesn't yeah, speak English, okay. so that's why they had all of the other characters speaking Mandarin at times. These characters are all almost like typecast by
2: the countries they're from, because yes. the Russian and the he's German. He's very, he's
0: very Soviet. Yes, yeah.
2: and they he does not like the German uh, astronaut there. That they uh, the tensions are brewing. Even more than they were uh, when they started this experiment. So, you you can tell there, and they're
0: already, they got some. The best character is Chris O'Dowd. Oh, that's right. Uh, Uh, Yes.
1: The the only little bit of comic relief we have in the movie. And he is a
0: comedic actor, so it makes sense that they have him be the comic relief. He's basically the equivalent of Danny McBride in Alien Covenant. Yes. But I feel like he speaks for the viewer more than any of the other characters because there are so many times where he points out problems that we were having with the movie. And it's totally its out of place. Whenever the movie tries to
2: set up an actual tone... Of suspense, Chris O'Dowd comes in and says some remark that just that it. I was okay with it because I, I was not; it, yeah. I
0: was, it was not feeling legitimately suspenseful.
2: No, to but me at all. Well, that well, and that's that's a fault of the movie. I'm saying, right right right, 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 yes. right, They they failed because they used Chris O'Dowd in inappropriate times.
1: Yeah, this movie never felt like it had an effective or coherent plot. Yes, well, at all. No. And we should. Well, before that, we have the eyeball thing, we have. This person that's discovered in the wall inside the first, wall is
2: making for real alien shrieks throughout the ship. When we first yeah. heard that, we we're like, "Oh, there it is! Yep, alien! There's the, there's the monster!" And they hear it coming from inside the walls. They take off the um, the plating, and it's and just it's a person. Tatuo, the it, Iron Man. Yeah, it's a it's someone who is uh, he that's got wires. Uh, running throughout their body as if they had teleported directly into all of the cords. Which they did!
0: Which she did! Yes. Yeah. And, and the, of course, once they cut her out, the, the mystery is that she knows all of them and addresses all of them by name, <coughs> except for the, the shepherd engineer, the Chinese yes. woman. And, I mean, there's no sense dicking around anymore. Uh, the what What ends up happening, the reason this has happened is when they activated the shepherd, they essentially crashed their dimension into a parallel dimension. And the earth is not gone. They've just been catapulted to, like, the other side of the sun. They eventually find the earth. And this woman is the shepherd engineer from her universe. And so she, so the Chinese woman is not in that universe, so it's like now they're in another dimension.
1: And the thing is, since they're both in the dimensions, they, they realize that only one group of, you know, astronauts can survive in order... Well, no, we we find out that later in the movie, that in the dimension
0: they're currently in, when they slammed into each other this universe's Cloverfield Station was destroyed and crashed into the ocean.
1: Yeah, which, you know, uh, in theory is what we see in the first Cloverfield movie. Yeah, if it didn't, if it
0: didn't take place 20 well, yeah, right. years no, after okay, that yeah, movie. Yeah, that's a, an <laughs>
1: obvious plot hole. Right. It's pretty much the same conceit as Event Horizon. Yes. At its core is kind of a cool
0: conceit. You for know? sure, but they don't they don't do enough with it. When you're dealing with alternate dimensions and like literally bending and fracturing reality, you can do whatever the fuck you want for any reason. Well, Event Horizon isn't even about
2: alternate dimensions. It's well, no, about I'm, interdimensional travel that I'm uh, talking about
0: Cloverfield specifically. Well, just like in
2: terms so. of conceit, I think that they are trying to do t- two different things the the reason why they feel similar is because it's (coughs) schlocky and the characters don't feel don't feel like they're reacting properly to the situations
0: that they find themselves in yeah sure but it is they're similar like reality bending stuff in both Uh, yeah that's that's why that's what made me feel the the connection. And honestly, all of that stuff in the Cloverfield Paradox is the best stuff. They just don't do enough of it.
1: Yeah, I think about halfway through the movie I just kind of gave up on trying to follow the story cuz yeah, it's so like, all it's over the place. It's so convoluted. There's this and just a mess. There's this really
0: dumb uh like B plot where the the main character and I don't remember any of these people's names and I don't care. Uh the main character, she uh her husband is back on earth and in their reality uh some weird shit's happening like cities are being attacked by what I, I don't know it's implied a large monster and like he finds this little girl and has is trying to like get her back to her family and there's no payoff for any of this like it's just a, a totally unnecessary B plot that just eats up screen time in the past there was a fire that like killed the the main character and her husband's kids yeah, the kids she died in a- the fire because she because had- of this energy cl-
2: crisis she put a power cell in her children's room which, so they could read uh, yeah and i can't imagine what it looks like but i honestly i'm just imagining like it looks like a like a bomb or something like, right and
0: it started a fire and the kids died and then she finds out that in this universe that she's been catapulted into uh her family is still alive and the alternate version of herself never went on to the station she stayed home so then she starts trying to plot a way for herself to get from the station to this Earth. earth so then she can be with her family but, but then it's there's, not her family. But it's and, not her family and that the alternate version of herself still exists. So, like, what is she going to do? Murder the alternate version of herself and take her place? Like, that's extremely problematic. Right. You wonder, like, well, how is she going to do that?
2: And then it's explained they have drop ships. They have escape pods. They have escape pods that can travel. And as we mentioned, they are uh, on, cro- the they're on the s- other side of the sun
0: from the Earth. Right. Right and which is which was one of my biggest problems with it like i get this is sci-fi it's the future or whatever but their plan is to before they activate the shepherd to send it back to it their own dimension the main character and the other woman are going to launch in an escape pod and go back to earth but the implication is that they're they would be able to do that from the other side of the
1: sun the plot, in essence, is just dumb, schlocky it's, bullshit. It doesn't make but any fucking sense. But the problem is, sense. it's not dumb, fun, schlocky bullshit. Let's talk about the set pieces a little bit. Okay. Because I think the, that's one of the, the highlights of the movie, I yeah. would say. We don't get quite enough of them, I would argue, and they're they're kind of variant in quality. Uh huh. For example, we get a scene where one of the characters gets his arm... Sucked into uh, the wall of the station. Yes,
0: Chris O'Dowd as yeah. he's trying to repair the hole they cut to get the the other woman out
1: of the wall. His arm gets sucked in, and he eventually pulls his arm, and it just rips clean right off. Well, the and it's all still exposed. You can see the bone. He's not and bleeding
0: at all. It's just it's like a, bleeding, it's just it's like just, a very yeah. clean.
2: <laughs> but one of the scientists says it looks like you were born with it it's like no it no it doesn't, doesn't. Oh. it looks like it was Taken
0: clean off and isn't bleeding at all. Like that's not a And he like he doesn't he doesn't have any pain or anything. His arm is just gone. And then a few minutes later, it shows back up crawling around on its own. The that stuff is all great. And then they they like put like a, a, little a, glass, a glass box, box over, over the it. arm, and it looks like it's trying to write something. So they give it a pen. They give it a pen, <laughs> and it writes down uh, "cut open." So and so, the Russian guy who who died at this point from uh the the guy with the crazy eyeball right the crazy russian eyeball guy uh Mm -hmm. he like earlier in the movie starts convulsing oh before that chris o'dowd mentions that all of the earthworms have gone missing because they just have like a like a, a tank or something that's full of earthworms
1: for Science reasons, I it, guess. I feel. Did they 3D print their food from the the earthworms? Maybe they were. Yeah, I, they 3D printed
0: their food. Yeah. Um. Uh, and uh, yeah, at one point, the Russian guy 3D prints a gun, which seems like wh- why would they be able to do that? Whatever. But the worms are missing. The Russian guy starts convulsing. He dies, and then just sprays a shitload of worms out of his mouth. And then Chris O'Dowd is just like. <laughs> Well, we found the worms. <laughs> like that's exactly what I was thinking too. I was like, oh, there's the worms. but yeah. so they they the arm tells them to cut him open. they do, and they find the missing gyroscope like in his stomach.
1: The problem I have with to film more than anything is you have some fun set pieces. I yeah. think I think the the scene where the woman's frozen in ice, Oh yeah, 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 yeah! Cool. That's very
0: cool. The um, the there's like a water breach or something, and the Chinese woman is locked in a hallway. And as it fills up with water, like a crack opens outside of the spaceship. And instead of it all just being sucked outside, like you would imagine in a movie like this, it all
1: fr- like flash freezes. Yeah, and she's like frozen solid on the other side.
0: Yeah. And that, that shit's really fucking cool. Or then when, like, Chris O'Dowd goes to repair the oxygen supply or something like that, and all of
1: this, like, uh... Metal shards. Like,
0: metal shards from, like, this weird shit that he was using to this, like, magnetic... Like weird soldering. Magnetic, like, soldering glue or whatever. Yeah. Sci-fi shit. It, like, sort of comes to life and, like... Eats him. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I like that. And they well, they did that whole thing in like stop motion, and it looks amazing. It looks so fucking cool. And I and I don't have a problem with any of it because it's like alternate reality stuff. But they don't do enough of it.
1: The problem is there's no coherence. No, it's completely incoherent, and we don't care about any of these characters. No, all the characters suck. The the set pieces are all right, but like what's the point if you don't have a good movie or at least a fun movie to connect it with you know that's my biggest problem it, i didn't give a shit about any of these characters no. because there's two. there's too many of yeah them, first
0: of all there's too many characters there's so many
1: characters the story is so convoluted that i just gave up the captain uh sacrifices himself at one point yeah, we for literally even, I, no
0: I,
2: reason. Yeah, uh David Oya character. Um I we haven't even really talked about him cuz he's he's just a non-character thing. I don't most of care about any of these characters. Yeah, the only one we really know anything about is the main character, and then everyone else is and just her
0: and her story. Her story is dull. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like she's the only one that has any sort of development. Everyone else is just based on their country. And but I don't care about her either. Like there are a couple of people that I like recognize. Like obviously Chris O'Dowd, uh, Daniel Brühl is the the German guy. Um, you know, like there's some, some recognizable faces, but none of these people are interesting
1: at all. I don't care about any of them. Well, I, I kind of want to talk about how kind of just shitting this movie out as an event movie kind of does a disservice to the type of thing they were trying to do. Cause I think the idea of just releasing a movie out of the blue and having kind of Everyone watch it as kind of an event is a really cool thing. Yeah, sure. But it's really undercut by having such a mediocre movie to do it as the first of kind of this kind of release. And what we're expected
0: to believe at this point is that this event, which shakes the foundation of reality with multiple dimensions crashing into each other, we're supposed to believe that this has rippled across space and time, and is the catalyst for everything that has happened in previous Cloverfield movies and that will happen in future Cloverfield movies. And for such like a benchmark, like such an important film in the the franchise they whiffed it so bad well that's the thing
1: i was talking about with 10 cloverfield lane about how the last 10 minutes of it kind of feels like that overarching anthology the narrative. Framing, narrative. Yeah, framing yeah framing narrative they it feels like they tried to make this whole movie the framing narrative And And it's terrible. It's bad. I was thinking at times what they added after the fact to make this a Cloverfield movie. And sometimes it's obvious. And sometimes I couldn't really tell. Because honestly, it kind of all feels like a framing narrative. And, you know, it's not a good framing narrative, you know, like the best part of Cloverfield is not knowing the answers to a lot of those questions. And by explaining it, it undercuts both 10 Cloverfield Lane and the original Cloverfield. Yeah, I totally agree.
2: The saddest thing now is that with 10 Cloverfield Lane, it seemed to be an opportunity for good movies that wouldn't get the exposure otherwise to be pushed into the forefront and to get the sort of viewership that it deserves.
1: That's the problem. I think this opens the floodgates for them to buy more middle of the road sci-fi movies. No, that's like they no. bought
2: it with the intention of trying to find some sort of connection. Well, you know, they
1: connect all the they connected Ten Cloverfield Lane in the same way, you know they, But it wasn't their up-
2: intention when they bought the movie, is my point. That with the purchasing of God Particle, there was some sort of intention behind it to make it Cloverfield in some way. They did it with a full script that already had a sci-fi story that wasn't supposed to be connected, but Bad Robot bought it knowing that it would have those ties eventually. It feels, and I think honestly,
0: even though this is the third Cloverfield movie, it feels like this movie is the best the real birth of the Cloverfield franchise with 10 Cloverfield lane. It was more like, let's, let's slap a a marketable brand on it that will get people to go see this good movie. And we'll throw in some little things so we can make it loosely tie in. This movie feels like, okay, this is what's going to be our framing narrative for the entire rest of the Cloverfield franchise. Like this is really the start of the Cloverfield franchise, I think. My concern is there's basically two ways that the Cloverfield franchise could go. One, they continue buying independent sci fi scripts and releasing them under the assumption that it's caused by this particle accelerator thing from Cloverfield Paradox, and that they just, like, that's it. They're still totally individual, all this shit, but it's just a, under a loose anthology framing narrative. Or it's going to get super corporate. It's going to turn into one of those nasty Hollywood think tank kind of things where there's way too many people throwing around stupid ideas that all come together into just like a mess of a franchise and that they're going to try really, really fucking hard to interconnect all of these movies with all of these specific details.
1: And that's the direction that I'm afraid it's going to go. I I want the first one, but I'm, I'm... Knowing J.J. Abrams' past with stuff like Lost, I think it kind of falls somewhere in the middle, in that, you know, like, I think the idea of kind of an anthology series of, of sorts, where they buy independent sci-fi movies that are a little more on the experimental side... I'm all about that. ...and, you know, they turn them into Cloverfield movies will continue... I have a feeling that they'll continue with the J.J. J. Abrams, Damon Lindelof tradition of writing in, you know, framing narratives and connections where it just adds more questions than answers anything. And it just gets more and more convoluted as it goes on. That's what I'm afraid I don't of. think it'll be corporate in that they'll make a cloverfield paradox 2 or anything oh, I don't know well, that. No, like I don't that, think they'll be but... connected directly <sighs> I think I think they'll be their own movies and they'll still have this framing narrative my hope is they don't go in the same way as this movie where they give too much time to trying to I hope not shoehorn in the framing narrative I don't I know think man. less is more I agree and that's the biggest problem with this movie also I think the biggest problem with this movie more than that though is the lack of quality control like well first off how the fuck do you spend 45 million dollars making this movie <laughs> it know. doesn't feel like it costs $45 million. No, it doesn't. It feels like a cheap sci-fi original movie. It feels like a failed Event Horizon spec script. Honestly,
2: this would be something that would show up on sci-fi. This yeah. Is yeah. Like perfect. So. Um,
1: This is right up their alley. It, it's so bizarre to me. And when they bought this movie out, what got them to be like, oh, man, this is a good, good movie? Because I think they bought it once it was complete. You know, I, don't I think so, they yeah. bought it when it was God Particle with yeah. no Cloverfield relationship, and then reshot the Cloverfield stuff. Lack of quality control, man. Yeah, yeah. Um. I I will say that I I'm a little more hopeful for the series than you are, just because I think with the nature of anthologies like this you're gonna get more variance in quality than you would that's true uh, but when you're having like a singular like person behind it
0: man i like jj abrams for the most part but over the
1: last several years he's been getting more and more corporate especially well i, with I his- think i think this these movies have less to do with him and more to do with the directors that are making the original movies. Yes, but it's you know,
0: his company that is paying for these things, and it's his company
1: that he's is... paying for the distribution, but right. I, he's and, not creating the originals, you know? Like, I think... The the strength of Ten Cloverfield Lane is, you know, the seller. Yeah, but that and Dan Trachtenberg. No, but what I'm saying is that if he ends up becoming too
0: much of a corporate mindset, it's going to drastically affect the types of movies that they are picking up.
1: If he buys a good movie, it's gonna be a good movie even if the the framing device is kind of weak within it. I would argue. Yes. the 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 question is whether they'll keep purchase or if they'll purchase good sci fi movies down the line or not. I just read just a minute ago that they already have maybe bought Cloverfield five. Oh God! That's uh, what uh, I'm worried Daisy about man. With Daisy Ridley, Ridley. Um, that's what I'm worried oh, about. Gonna, they're going to connect it to Star Wars. It's going to
0: happen. Dude, it's, oh, God. It's, all, it's all together. It's all. I'm. I'm afraid. It's all going to become so corporatized. I'm. I'm just calling it right now. Um, before we rate this, should we talk about the ending? Arguably, the most frustrating thing about Cloverfield Paradox. Yeah, I mean, it's just so
2: abrupt. Well. Uh, up at the station, they've gotten the particle accelerator working again, and they're about to go back to their dimension. The woman who teleported aboard betrays them and wants to kill them so that she can use it to save her world. Well, There's a tussle. Uh, yeah. and she gets sucked out of a window, <coughs> and not even in a cool way. Not even in a cool way. She survives. Daniel Bruhl's character survives, and they teleport back and they get onto the escape pod and they're going down to earth everything's happy we cut back to her husband who is on the phone with a military
0: friend someone or someone NASA, who works with the space yeah He's like, oh yeah, we we found them. They're back. They're coming back down. Like the sh- the station's damaged. They're coming back to Earth. Right. And He's like, tell her not to come back. Right. Because he's like, have you seen back. what's
2: around here? And then we cut over to footage of the sky. And then the Cloverfield monster, who From has the first one, who's, uh, who's gotten considerably <laughs> swole, considering he's like triple the size, uh, if we're to believe that he's above the clouds. Right, it rear, rears
0: up above the clouds, roars country. at the camera, cut to credits. It's the most tacked on garbage.
1: It's inter- even connect- worse than 10 Cloverfield it's Lane. It's way and, worse yeah, than 10 Cloverfield Honestly, Lane. I found it kind of hilarious. <sighs> I, but I was,
0: shouldn't be laughing at this fucking stupid movie.
1: I have fun laughing at dumb, fun, schlocky movies, but, but that's this not does this movie. not have the that's fun not this part movie. of it. It's definitely schlocky, though. Yeah,
0: but it's not fun at all, and, like, that just felt like the final slap in the face. Like, hey, it's the same monster from the first Cloverfield, look at, look at this, you remember this monster, we remember this monster... Which also it's shows dumb. why were they
2: like they were so confident with Ten Cloverfield Lane because that was actually a good movie that it didn't matter if the actual monster showed up. Right, people, dumb people complained about it. That didn't matter to well, me. Well, I mean, anyway. at
0: least with Ten Cloverfield Lane, there was also the question like, is this taking place in the same universe? Like, are the aliens related to the monster right. in, from the first? Well, Cloverfield even then, in like, some we, way you know we
2: already know that it's in present time cuz uh Michelle has an iPhone and all that right, and then right. this one we know it's in, in the, the future. future yeah so that didn't bother me too much yeah that like how connected are these? it doesn't have to be the same monster, but That's with right this, it doesn't they have were to be the so same monster. they were so unconfident that they felt they needed to show the monster right, and like and to have
0: the the scientist guy at the beginning being like, oh, it's going to fuck up the dimensions. beasts will emerge from the sea, yeah. and then oh there at the end, it's the same fucking monster from the first clover field, but way, way bigger." uh it's just yeah it's it's a lack of confidence in your own ideas they felt like they had to give a direct connection to the original cloverfield right. even though it doesn't make sense it, yeah it doesn't make sense
1: it like uh i mm, yeah mm. i think we
0: should just let's yeah, get this over
1: with here man I, what a disappointment what yeah. a disappointment the lack of quality control is so so sad to see I, I was really looking forward to this movie. 10 Cloverfield Lane is honestly one of my favorite recent horror movies to mm-hmm. come out. And it's just a, it's a bummer to see such a drop in quality. I'm still kind of hopeful for the series. I mean, I know Hollywood executives kind of obsess over Rotten Tomato scores. We'll see
0: in a few months. Um,
1: yeah. When, ov- when
0: Overlord slash Cloverfield
1: 4 comes out. In what, October? That's when it's slayed for now. It'll probably get pushed back a little bit, but... And then it'll be abruptly released in July. Unlike <laughs> <laughs> fucking Filmstruck. Yeah. Oh,
0: God. <laughs> they, they'll they'll, re- they'll release you, like, it... on will Crackle or they'll something. Rele- <laughs> yeah, they'll release it on Crackle and without telling anybody. They'll, they'll mail <laughs>
1: yeah. you a VHS tape with it. A- J.J.
0: Abrams will show up and chuck the Blu-ray through your window. <laughs> Tied to a brick,
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, I I feel like executives kind of obsess over Rotten Tomato scores. Ten Cloverfield Lane got ninety. Original got seventy seven. This got nineteen, Rough. I believe. And we we guessed uh, this one. Uh, I know I guessed like sixty eight. I guessed forty something. And. Yeah. Uh, you guessed 48, I think, and Eugene guessed 28, so I guess Eugene wins this one. Eugene's
0: the most cynical out of all there of us in regards to that one. And Surprisingly. He was, he was spot on. Like, yeah. Well, not spot on, but you were you were right to be cynical. Yeah, I try and
2: remain optimistic when it comes to most movies, but I just felt when we were talking about all those, there were so many just like spin-offs and, yeah. and sequels that were on there. It's like, this is all just... This can't go well. It's all Um, all too far in to have any sort of competency left anymore.
1: My hope is that they can just kind of keep the the framing device of Cloverfield secondary to the main movies that they're trying to make. Um, But I would give this movie a 2. Originally, I was thinking a 3 after I first saw it. But the more and more I think about this movie, the more I really just... Don't give a shit about anything that happens in it.
0: You know, yeah. some of the
1: set pieces are all right, but, like, it's a boring movie. I wouldn't recommend I was
0: I was initially going to give it two and a half, which is, at this point, I feel generous, so I'm also going to downgrade it down to a two. I don't even want to say they get an A for effort, because, like, there's some good stuff in here, but it just gets so bogged down in just the absolute nonsense plot and boring characters that the few moments where it tries to be original and do something exciting it just doesn't it just doesn't deliver so two for me yeah i think i'm gonna have to go the same way i was happy that they
2: didn't do an alien ripoff because even though what they did otherwise wasn't great I probably would have been more upset if it was just an alien running around the ship because we've already we've seen that we don't need a repeat of that especially with something that's trying to claim originality like the Cloverfield series. This is much closer to just a it's like the worst episode that you'd see on Black Mirror on, right. a, on a season. Yeah, that
0: that's is the, what it felt that's like. The biggest a lot
1: bummer about it because you know the past two have been so experimental. In its sci-fi, this one just feels so generic. Yeah. Yeah. You
0: know? It does feel like a bad episode of Black Mirror. You're right. You're right. And so,
2: I'm gonna have to say two as well. I was not offended by anything, but they don't stick it in any way for me, so...
0: Well, that's the second one that we're unanimous on in this episode. Two pods.
1: So yeah, we don't have any game this uh, this episode. We're going to do a couple of mini-episodes
0: coming up here. Yes, I am going to Amsterdam next week, and I will be out of the country for a couple of weeks. So we're uh, going yeah, to introduce doing some mini-pods. Uh, two or three of those
1: uh, you can expect
0: coming up next Got some
1: new releases.
0: Yes, that'll, these will these episodes will just be uh, a single film per episode,
1: so they'll be a little bit shorter, a little more focused, no news or game segment. Yeah, so we got uh, upcoming, we have Mom and Dad, a new horror movie with Nicolas Cage in it uh, yes. by the one of the directors who did Crank 2, which is honestly one of my favorite movies. And then we have Annihilation, which is from the director of ex machina which and i am
2: the, he was also the writer i'm pretty sure on 28 weeks later 28 days
0: later oh 28 days later and uh also he wrote sunshine which is a another uh, danny boy decent oh. decent sci-fi movie yeah i i loved ex machina uh, alex garland is great I'm extremely excited for Annihilation, so yeah, uh, I'm excited to see how it turns out.
1: Definitely, uh, the looking trailers forward to... are very intriguing.
0: Yes, yes, very much.
1: Um, yeah, so we have those two coming up. You can expect uh, two or three
0: mini episodes in the in the coming weeks, and then we'll uh, get back on track with a longer episode. That brings us to the end of our show. Before we wrap up completely, I would like to take a second to give a shout out to two uh, folks who, who listen to the show and always uh, talk to me about it. And uh, just they've been there since the beginning Brian Hansen, Missy Johnson. You guys are awesome. I always love talking to you uh, about what you think of the show after each episode. And uh, y'all are the real OGs. We love you. If you like the show, you can uh, take just uh, just a few seconds to give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We really, really appreciate that. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter and Facebook at PodPeoplePod. Um, you can follow my personal Twitter at Mr Van
1: Awesome. Yeah, I have a Twitter. <laughs> uh, follow me at Mr Sheets. Uh, all one word. We are available wherever
0: podcasts are um, found for free. Eat your fruits and vegetables. Stay hydrated. Drink lots of water. Um, stay away from crystal meth, uh, fentanyl, all 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 those those bad things. Um, Hey, 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 smoke weed every day. Uh, (laughs) Eugene, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, No, nothing for me.
2: Just go check out Ten Cloverfield Lane. Keep up with the horror
0: movies that are coming out this year and keep cool. Yeah, let us let us know what uh, what uh ideas for mini episodes you'd like to see or yeah, themes. We'll, we'll watch anything. Yeah. If you want to put
2: us through the ringer, we'll, we will we'll do watch it for you. We will watch literally
0: anything. <laughs> that is a challenge. As long as it's
2: spooky it's got some spooky
1: as spook long as stuff in it. Yeah. As long <laughs> um Yeah. Email any complaints you have at <laughs> Yes. The, oh, if
2: we are doing a bad job, uh, please let us know. Pod well. people
1: pod at gmail.com. Tell me why uh call me by your name is actually a, a masterpiece of auteur cinema and why i i suck as a person i, I really enjoyed reading why i suck the show is produced by ben
0: <laughs> uh, uh edited by me um ben is the artist behind our theme music um and yeah follow us on the things and uh, we'll be back with a long form episode in a few weeks, but get hyped for some little mini pods coming up here soon. Thank you, as always, for listening. I'm Matisse Van Rossum. I'm Ben Sheets. Don't let the spooky uh, bed bugs bite. And I'm Eugene Lundin.
2: Um, <laughs> <laughs> Good night.
0: We're, we're going take, back to the clover field to see if there's any new developments. Oh God
2: guys, I found this flower
0: but <laughs> I'm looking it for has twelve leaf clove
2: it has teeth and oh God, it's an alien ah! Ah!